Welcome everyone to Valley, Valley Girls Taste and Tell. I'm Ruby and I'm Abigail and today is Friday <laughs> TGIF thanks for listening and tuning in today we have a really fun guest she is a cook local to Fresno she runs a private catering and pop-up event through her company called Bone Apple X kind of like Bon Appetit we love it she wears many hats and not only a chef's hat, she provides a lot of services to the Central Valley. Let's give it up for Chef Alexa. Woo! Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. You're actually our first chef that we get to interview. We've had talk of food and farmers, but someone who's actually taking the food that's in season and making it into beautiful creations. So thank you for being here with us. You want to tell people about what you do and what your business is and a little bit about that to get yeah. started. So um, I had reached a point in my life where it was my time to decide what I was actually going to do. And I kind of look back on all the experiences I've had in different jobs and I knew that sales wasn't really going to be for me. I knew that, you know, I worked in a salon for a little bit that just didn't, it, nothing was really clicking. And I just figured it out. I was like, whoa, what have I been doing my whole life that has actually just come so naturally to me? And it was cooking. And so at that point, I decided to leave my server job and start going to culinary school. And when I was in there, it just felt like I was finally doing something that I was supposed to be doing. It just came so natural and fun. And then right out of culinary school, I got a job at Annex Kitchen. And that's honestly where I learned so much. And I know Annex Kitchen is a Fresno favorite amongst many people, and rightfully so. It's an amazing restaurant. Chef Jimmy Pardini is doing great things for the food scene here in Fresno. Um, and I learned so much. And I'm so grateful to have been there for the year that I was. Um, I started off on like salads and cold appetizers and, or like toast and stuff. And I worked my way up all the way to the pizza counter. And I was one of the pizza chefs. That was really fun because I got to interact with the guests and all the while making pizzas. And um, I had this one experience there with Chef Jimmy where I pulled out a carbonara pizza. He's like, that is a perfect carbonara pizza. And it was kind of like a shining moment for me where it was like, damn, like, I'm really doing this. I'm really a chef now. Um, and then from there, I decided to leave because it was taking up a lot of my time. And I knew I was going to have to start really focusing on doing my own thing if I want to get a food truck, which is my ultimate goal that I'm working towards. And that's why I do the private caterings. And why I do the pop-ups is just to get my name out there and also get in practice for when I do have my truck. Um, but that's what my journey has led me to. Uh, right after I left Annex, I had a pop-up at Art Hop and it was just me 
with one foldable table, a banquet server, and that's it. I had no like canopy. I had no other equipment. It was just me out there. Um, and now coming from that to, I have a, I'm catering a wedding in October. I have my own deep fryer, which I, that sounds crazy to me. I have a canopy. I have a team of people that help me at all of my pop-ups. Um, it's been, it just, it doesn't seem like it's been a very long journey, but from where I started to now is totally night and day. It kind of felt like I built Rome in three days. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. just sitting and listening. <laughs> chills, chills. Like it work for you. Like you push yourself, you persevered. I'm sure there was ups and downs along the way, but it wasn't easy and you did it. You know, the first step was culinary school and then you got a job in the field, you know, and you're doing what you needed to do. And then you found your passion. It's been so, um, you know, when people say when you're doing what you love, it's not really work. I never felt that before until I started working for myself, doing like my pop-ups and working at Annex. Like I finally felt I was doing something that I enjoy so much. It doesn't feel like work especially when I'm at my pop-ups and like the people that are working with me are my friends and family. Yeah. So which I'm, really I have fun. a question about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always really fun. And it's just the feedback I get about my food. Like when I had the Korean fusion menu, um, I did kimchi quesadillas. I did mm. a Korean fried chicken barbecue sandwiches. I did um, a broccoli Napa slaw cabbage salad. And then um, I did spicy pork belly tacos. And people were just, I would stop for a second and look around at people eating my food. And like, there's people like happy dancing, eating my food. And I just, it was just such an overwhelming feeling that I'm able to bring something to Fresno and give them food that they may not have tried before. There was so many people that came up to the canopy and were like, what's kimchi? And I don't like, let me tell you, like not a lot of people know that it's like fermented cabbage. Like they don't know what kimchi is. And so we were like, you, if you don't know what it is, then you should try it. Like when you don't know, I'm a 100% big believer in that. You don't know what it is. Just try it. Cause then you'll never have to ask again. And you'll always know for yourself. Right. And like 10 out of 10 times when people had the kimchi quesadilla, they were just like, this is insane. This is so good. I can I, imagine the flavors of a crispy quesadilla with the mm, crunchy. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. I love mixing things. I'm a big mixer or like <laughs> sauce girl. So that's good. I love fusion foods. I, I'm so about fusion foods. I'm so about crossing cultures and bringing the best part of everybody's food together. So, oh my goodness. I'm, I literally have chills just like, <laughs> just because I can see as you talk about it, how much you're in love with what you do. And it just really radiates from everything you're saying. And so I'm, I'm like, when's the next pop-up? I need to try this. Oh, yeah. We're going to be VIP right there. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Cause this last one I had, I did my more Mexican gourmet menu. And when people That's found out, I was shop. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to, I had let people know that I was doing uh, like elote, but with not the traditional way I used uh, Calabrian chilies. I used fresh Parmesan. I used parsley. Um, and then I had scallop ceviche. And I know in Fresno, um, the mariscos, which seafood is pretty popular. We have a lot of restaurants like that. But if you do enough research, you'll come to find that 
they are all offering shrimp and like there's not really a scallop ceviche anywhere in Fresno. So that's kind of my, that's kind of how I play my menus is like, I'm trying to make things that you can't find anywhere else here. Right. Alexa signature. (laughs) Yes. Like anything you taste from your menu, you've never had. You're like, I don't, I don't, I make sure like with the, I know that there's one other Korean fusion. I think it's, I think um, the truck is called taco barbecue. Oh yeah. I love that. I, take-o barbecue. They, I call them taco. I don't know. I used to go taco. to their, their pop-ups every Thursday. They used to do a truck throw down on Thursdays at the same square. You had the vintage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the guys who, you know, Moss Fresno, Anthony and Anthony, um, those guys have been really helpful in my journey. They're like super supportive. They're all about community. They really want to see me succeed. And it's very, very heartwarming that I'm getting to experience this in my community instead of like it being very petty and people not wanting to support each other because they only want to succeed opposed to now I like there's women who do the same thing as me have pop-ups and catering and stuff but they're still out here supporting me they're still like I'm here supporting them we share each other's stuff it's really great to be a part of this movement in Fresno where all the chefs and like whoever's doing food right now like we really want to see each other succeed there's no kind of hate. There's not any kind of, oh, uh, you're better than, I'm better than you. I don't want to see you, like stuff like that. It's well, just- you, you all bring something different to the mm-hmm. table. And I really do feel I'm seeing what you're talking about come to life. And actually even just more women chefs out there like, yeah. that are getting spotlighted for things they've been doing forever. And mm-hmm. just, they weren't getting credit for it, I feel mm-hmm. like, or- advertised as much that's so true because in other businesses there might be that which we don't like it we don't want that to happen but it does Mm -hmm. happen but it's great to hear that women can support women and see how other people have different ideas and there's different perspectives to how you can come to cook something yeah there's not just one way to do it there's so many different ways it's such a um, interesting conversation about women in the field of cooking because there's, I can't remember who said it, but they said that cooking is a profession until it's a woman doing it. Like they, they made the point that women are just expected to cook, but when men do it, it's a profession. When men do it, it's an art. So that point to me was very interesting because if you look at the statistics, majority of the executive positions held in kitchen are by men. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of executive chefs that are women. Um, If you look at the larger names in the food industry, the first people that majority of the common public think of is like Gordon Ramsay or Emerald or um, like Chef Roy Choi, opposed to if you ask someone who's a famous chef, they wouldn't say someone like Nancy Silverton who changed the food scene. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love her restaurants. I, I her. always visit when I'm from out of town and I totally agree with you. I feel like on social media, like shows and such Gordon Ramsay is presented as like all knowing how you say, it. and then they're like, here's Martha Stewart's like cooking. And they give this different facade of a woman yeah. making things like 
oh, they they bake, they do this. It's like they do a hell lot of them more than you realize, and they are just as good. Yeah, when in reality, if Martha Stewart is, if not more of a badass than Chef Gordon Ramsay, I mean, this woman has been to prison. <laughs> exactly or that like the, make you a badass I don't know what does <laughs> or the pioneer women cookbook all of that stuff mm -hmm. yeah well also uh, one of my favorite women chefs is Adma Lakshmi uh she's she does the Bravo top chef yeah yeah feminist mother everything I started watching yeah. her on her insta stories during covid and she just cooks so like refreshing Mm -hmm. And it's all like usually plant-based or she'll cook it all, you know? Yeah. She's, uh, she's someone I respect because I feel like she's, she took that position and then she really took the time to become educated in food and like really has such a wide palette that her opinion, I do highly regard just because I know she knows what she's talking about because not a lot of people do when it comes to food. Right. Really. Cause uh, I mean, there's people who, who eat just to eat, but then there's people who eat to experience food and That's I want to experience food. I want to give my experience with food to other people. Yes. I, I'm just like, I agree. I agree. We <laughs> love everything you're saying. Cause we are foodies and yeah, we don't, Every time we eat, even just breakfast, like we're not eating just to eat. Like we're eating because we love our food and we love nourishing our bodies at the same time. We're enjoying every bite. Even if we don't need to savor it, we're just like, oh, this is so good, you know? Yeah. And really thinking about the context of like how lucky we are in the Central Valley for all the produce and where we get our food. Exactly. But on the topic of that, Chef Ruby sent me a, a podcast on her and she talks about how they wanted to highlight different like cultures making different foods and how it was like looked at differently and so I feel like that goes along with what you were saying a fusion bringing together cultures with food that's brilliant and why do we just see more American recipes or this like why can't we combine the two together mm -hmm. or put a twist on it from what you know compared to to mm -hmm. me so right what is your ethnicity and culture that you bring in with all the culinary experience you have from Annex and the school you went to? So I grew up in a Mexican American household. Um, my mom worked full time. Um, I would have to, as the oldest, the eldest daughter and in Mexican culture, the eldest daughter is basically the second mom. Like you have a lot of responsibility. So I would be getting dinner started for her by the time she got home. Um, so a lot of our food was just quick and she had her staple seven meals. Um, and we would like cycle through those. Um, that's where I started cooking, but I say, I want to stress that it was Mexican American because I had a culture shock when I visited one of my friends homes who mom, whose mom cooked everything from scratch. Like my mom wasn't making beans from scratch, but when I went to my friend's house, her mom was. So I owe a lot to my um, basic skill to my mom 
because like the it's so funny because sometimes my friends will want to cook dinner with me and they'll ask me how to use the shredder to shred cheese like the hand shredder because there's people who did it's it's insane to me but there's people who didn't grow up cooking so that was me I went camping with my uh, friend's family and they're like cut the watermelon I was like I don't know how we <laughs> buy it sliced. Like, can you show me those classic knife yeah. skills? Cause it's yeah. scary to cut something. And yeah. I was in high school and I yeah. had to learn. And my friend was like, you've never learned. And I learned other things like the, the meals my mom wanted me to cook, but none of them involved cutting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, that's a whole nother conversation about like getting your children comfortable about around using knives with cooking. Um, because I was chopping, dicing tomatoes by the time I was nine comfortably with the chef knife. Wow. (laughs) It was was very basic. It wasn't like I was shift and nodding anything. I was not, I, it was very basic dices, but, and it probably wasn't even the best chef's knife. Um, but from there, you know, I tried to venture out a little bit later on, but like I was a broke college kid. I was mostly eating like ramen and Taco Bell. So I didn't really experience much from that. And um, I think what really was like the turning point for me and wanting to try other foods is meeting more people. Like the more people I met was the more doors I had opened to trying different types of food. And my love for food and my newfound love for cooking, like I had to rediscover that I loved food later on when I was deciding, like I had mentioned earlier when I was deciding what I was going to do. Um, and to take everything that I had learned in my early life to everything that I've experienced later in life and put it together meant to me, who have I surrounded myself with and what have I experienced? So I have a lot of, uh, Filipino friends. I don't know how it's happened. I'd like, I lived with two Filipino guys for like three years. Um, I live with two Filipino guys now, like they, I've learned a lot from Asian cooking. And then I've learned a lot from, um, black cooking, like those two cultures alone have probably influenced the world's food the most. Um, but when I was deciding what kind of food I want to do, and that was what really, what really I learned from Annex the best was that I don't want to be a gourmet chef. That's not, I'm not interested in making, I love pretty food. I genuinely love pretty food and I think it's great, but I want to make food that makes people happy and that is going to make people full. And I want <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. Because eating but, with their eyes, people yeah. have to eat with their eyes. I want to make it aesthetically pleasing for sure. Like I love yeah. my Instagram and how you scroll through and it's very colorful. And like I, I love the aesthetically pleasing version of it. But that scene in Ratatouille when the food critic takes a bite of the dish and it takes him back to his mom's house, that is literally the feeling that I'm trying to embody when people eat my food. I want them to eat it and I want it that I want them to feel hugged. I want them to feel like, like they can tell that I care about what I'm feeding them. That's what I want. And so I take that idea 
And whenever I try food and I feel that feeling, then that will inspire me to take something from that dish and let it influence the dish that I'm going to make. Um, the Korean fusion one, I really got inspired by uh, Chef Roy Choi, who's an LA, LA based chef um, who grew up around a lot of Mexican. He's, he's a Korean guy and he grew up around a lot of Mexican people. So he does Korean fusion down in LA. Um, his is the Kogi food truck. Um, and he has a restaurant in Vegas called best friend, but his food is insane. And he also has a show on Netflix with John Favreau. Um, it's called the chef show. Ooh. Yeah. And they, I've, I've watched him a lot. Uh, he's, he's probably my number one inspiration right now for how I'm going about this journey because he's very like humble and down to earth and just very like, what's up foo. And I love yeah. that. You have know? you reached out to him on Instagram? Like you reply probably, but you have, you um, I, I actually, I, I actually want to go stage at his restaurant in Vegas. A stage is when you, um, go to someone else's kitchen and you just work for free just to, just for the experience. Like you just go and you like, you can do a one shift stage or you can do a stage for a week. Um, and it's just, it's either a stage is either, it can be also considered like a tryout where they have you cook in the kitchen for night one night and see if you're going to be a good fit or a stage is like a voluntary shift where you go just so you can see how their kitchen works and you want to be able to experience cooking alongside and make those, re- those recipes for a day or something. That's like interning or shadowing, but with such yeah. a fancy word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So since you're using all this fancy language, yeah. <laughs> where did you go to culinary school in the Valley? Yeah, I just went to IOT in Clovis. Um, it was the most convenient. And it, at that point in time, it was just, you know, I didn't see myself uprooting from Fresno. I don't know if I ever see myself uprooting for Fresno. I feel like I could probably live in like Italy for a year, but uh, just for the food, honestly. Um, but I love it here. I love my community. I love the opportunity that there's so much opportunity growing here now that I don't see myself leaving. I want eventually later on to have a restaurant here. Something small though. Um, what can I compare? Like whose restaurant do I really love the size and the atmosphere? Oh, you guys remember chicken pie shop? Yes. Uh, did you guys go inside? Have you were yeah, inside? So right? cute. Yeah. Okay. I love that building. I mean, they already gutted it and everything, but if I have the money, that's the exact location I would have wanted. And all I would have done was like update it. Cause I love the layout of it. The open kitchen, like the circle booths, like the, um, the long dining bar. It's beautiful. You heard it right here, folks. Chef Alexa is ready for our shop out front. Come on down. Let's get those investors. Let's get those investors. There's this, uh, no, yeah, you should keep shooting for the stars. Like, yeah, keep going at your daily events, your weekly events, and you'll grow. You know, you're going to meet, you've met so many people already that you can meet that one person that's just like obsessed with your food too. I mean, I'm sure everyone is. <laughs> I mean, I like I feel like this is every, I mean, I met you and now look at, I'm on your podcast. And I think this is why I love Fresno so much because the networking and connections happen so quickly and everybody's so willing to like 
work with each other and like help each other out. And I'm just like now even talking to you guys, I'm like, this is cool. And I hope this is good for both of us. Oh, definitely. I'm, I feel like we're learning a lot about the food industry on your side side, of the end. Yeah. Because you're, you're uh, telling us how it kind of works. It's like, we see the side where we're supporting, we want to support local, but now hearing your story, it's like, I want to drop so many dollars to support local <laughs> because you you have a vision, you have a dream, a passion, and you're making it come to life and you're doing what you love so that we can reap the benefits. Like of enjoying good food and having that experience. Just want to give to Fresno. And it's crazy because I, I mean, I've been labeled a selfish person, but I think that melted away. <laughs> oh, I'm like, you sound like humble beginnings as you were bringing up your story and just I'm like, I don't hear an ounce of selfishness as you talk about why you do what you do. So seriously, thank you for what you bring Mm -hmm. to the Valley and through food, but also through this conversation. It's so fruitful in itself. Like it's a blessing to hear this because it makes people know it's just beyond that. Like that's why people should tip and Mm -hmm. extend that back because it's, it could be just, you know, someone just making the food to produce it, get it done. You're doing way more. Uh, yeah, way more. You're above that. and beyond. And that now I hope people understand, like when they go support local, even went to Colorado, we only went to local spots. Why? Because we're supporting local, we're supporting someone's dream, someone's vision, and we're keeping it going. We're keeping yeah. our legacy going. So whatever you cre- keep on creating, it's going to be a legacy. I love the term uh, keeping the dollar in your community because it, it, it should always be like that. It should always, we're the ones that benefit from it the most because it comes back to you one way or another. The dollar that you send in your community makes its way back to you. Um, whether it be in community cleanups, whether it be you purchasing something, whether it be you donating it always will come back to you because you're providing for the people around you. So it only makes everything else around you better and everyone else around you better. It elevates your whole community. Exactly. And so on the topic of community, you mentioned that you do these pop-ups with friends and family. And so we wanted to ask you, like, what is the reason for that? Like, why do you purposefully choose to surround yourself with friends and family to work and help you. First of Um, all, that's amazing that all your friends want to help you. I love that. They have an incredible support system. I would not be where I am today without them. And I cannot, like, I, I can't thank them enough. I am shocked every time they show up for me because it's like not even a question. I can be, can you guys be here at 7 a.m.? We have to load the truck. They'll be there at 645. Like there's no, there's no, no in them for me. And I've gotten so lucky. And every time I pull up with them at Moss, Anthony's always like, you always have so many people with you. Like, this is crazy. And I, to me, it's not because I would do the same for them. And I don't know. I'm like, your friends don't, wouldn't pull up for you like this. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm the only lucky person in the world that has people who are willing to sacrifice their time to help me. Um, but they have a good time too. You know, uh, I choose them purposely because I, 
I need practice in how, how we like to manage a team. And I don't ever want to do it in a manner where I'm going to offend somebody or because in the moment, I know that in TV shows, it gets really dramatized on how like chefs are mean or like strict, but in the moment, in the heat of the line, like you're serious. And for me, I'll, like you, you'll see me out and I'm really bubbly and ditzy and like having a good time. But when I'm cooking, when I'm in the zone, I'm a totally different person. It's very important to me that the food comes out the way I want it to my standard and that it's quick and that everybody's organized. So I'm most comfortable having my friends and family there because they can take me seriously and they know I mean business and they're not going to be there and thinking that it's not going to be a job. They're there knowing that they're there to work um, and I can rely on them and they're very loyal. And these are things that are very important in a kitchen and very important when you're cooking is that you have to have people there that care about what you're doing just as much as you do. And I know that my friends and family do in my heart. I know that they seem as succeeding and like my friends, when I first started this venture, when I was uh, still working at Annex, just getting done with culinary school, um, I come home one day and like my friend meets me at the door and he like blindfolds me. I was like, wait, what's going on? Wasn't my birthday, nothing. It was like a random Thursday. He walks into the backyard and all my friends are standing there and they have the table out and there's a big box wrapped. And I go to the back and they unpop, they like take the blindfold off and they're like, we got you something. And I had no idea what it was. And I walk up and like, I start unwrapping the box and it's a brand new red KitchenAid mixer. And I just start bawling because like these people, these seven people, they got together and KitchenAid's mixers are not cheap. And there's like, literally it's a staple in anybody's kitchen. If you know any chefs, if you know anybody who's a home cook, they have a KitchenAid mixer. And so like, uh, like a month prior to that, they're like, oh, if one of my roommate Jarrett was like, oh, like if you could get anything, like what would it be? And I was like, it'd either be a KitchenAid mixer or a food processor food processor this is when I first was starting I didn't know like I was I didn't know when I was gonna be able to get this stuff so when I opened it and I seen what it was like it was just like damn like you guys believe in me you guys know like they've seen me try and fail at so many things and they've never ever like had a judgment to pass on me but I think this is the first thing that they've seen me do and I've completely followed it through and I've been doing succeeding in it. And I've been thriving in this decision. And they, with that purchase, I knew that like they were in it for the long run with me and they really, really believed in me. When did this start? Like this decision to really get into um, school and it's work been in- like three years. It'll be three years in October. I want to say like three. Yeah. So to me that like, you're just at the beginning, I'm sure it's like been a lot, but already in three years to hear what you've done is so much. And I really feel rooting you on. Yeah. And I think your friends, your friends and family are just showing you what you want out of your kitchen, how you said out of your staff, out of your cooking family. And so they're teaching me how to be um, oh, I had another friend that told me in 
previously, like before I even started this cooking thing, he was like, you were never meant to be anybody's employee. And I, he, I, I barely were like, we don't really keep in touch anymore, but that's something that has always stayed with me when he said that, like, he's right. And I, that was another thing that influenced my decision. Um, and I've always had like leader, leadership skills and leader abilities, but I need to become more practiced in it because I don't want to throw myself into a food truck and not know how to be as strong as I can leader. I would like to be as experienced as I can by the time I get to that point. So working with my friends and family, they're also teaching me how I can be better at communicating to my team and how I can be more focused and how I can give better direction. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, where do you see yourself? So you said like a food truck or a restaurant, but for this year, like what's your goal this year coming out of uh, just a really rough pandemic year for everyone. And maybe there's been changes to the food service industry. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but if you could touch on that and then what you want to do this year goals. Um, my goal, uh, I obviously want to, I want to grow my, I want to buy my food truck outright. I don't want to lease it. So I've been saving for a while now and I am um, almost there but I want to be there by the end of the year, maybe not purchase it at the end of the year, but definitely be there by the end of the year. Um, I want to get more detail oriented and I want to narrow down exactly the kind of cuisine I'm going to do. Because for now, when people ask me, oh, what kind of food do you cook? I just say comfort food from different regions um, because it's the easiest way to explain what it is that I'm doing. but I would like to narrow that down. I just want to get a more clear, concise business plan. Um, but I know I had been telling myself and telling myself before the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to get my food truck by the time I turn 30. I'm going to have my food truck by the time I turn 30. Speaking into existence, you know, then the pandemic happened and the pandemic was like, no girl, you won't. <laughs> Which I think that happened for a lot of people. But you know what it really taught me was that I don't need to be in a rush and all of this, like you said, it's everything I've done in three years has shown me that I'm on the right path. There's been obstacles, but they haven't been, they haven't been anything I haven't been able to get through. And it's just making me a stronger person um, and getting me really prepared for when I actually do have my business. And I'm getting a lot of good advice. I'm meeting a lot of good people. I work for David Rasavong over at Bonsai and he's someone that you would consider like a restaurant tour where he, he just has opened multiple places throughout the years. So he's someone that I would consider a mentor who is really also supportive and is willing to help me when I'm ready to take that to the next level. He has a lot of good advice. I've watched Bonsai from, um, I, I was there when they re what is it called? reopened or or no they had a grand opening because I just went I think their first day in April because I was so excited for more diverse food Mm -hmm. uh down in the tower district Mm -hmm. and was that in April I believe or or well they remodeled that's what I meant they remodeled it was Casa de Tamales Mm -hmm. Tamales moved over Mm -hmm. there by Tower Theater so then they remodeled inside and when I went in for my interview I seen it like 
it was the it was maybe halfway done being remodeled and I was it's like, beautiful oh. it's like either. they did an amazing job they really put a lot of love into the place and it's really cool like I told them in my interview that I wanted to be part of a business that I was there from day one I want to see what it takes from day one the stuff that you run into the way that you adjust persevere and overcome um I want to be able to experience that so when my turn comes already have an idea of what it's like from day one and like the kind of um, issues that might arise that I'll be able to go through because you, I got to experience this with you guys. Definitely. Well, I've been, I don't think Ruby has, but it's definitely yeah. worth checking out. Yeah. And we come in. We will. Delicious. Yes. Well, we have a couple more questions. One on the topic of food. Uh, we always do a recipe of the week. wanted to highlight you as our recipe of the week gal so mm. usually we rotate but we want you to give us your recipe of the week <laughs> for our listeners maybe something simple they can make not too many ingredients anything you can think of okay so I don't know if you've done um bruschetta yet on your show no we no haven't. we've done so, salads really <laughs> my favorite my absolute favorite summer snack is bruschetta um, I, uh, was inspired by Julia Child's recipe because she uses a lot of people for bruschetta. They'll only use diced Roma tomatoes, but instead she uses, um, heirloom medley cherry tomatoes. So it gives it a more chunky, um, texture, like a, just like a, a heartier type of bruschetta. And I really, really love it. Um, but I put the bruschetta on top of avocado toast. So it's like a whole snack, girl. It's like, it's delicious. So um, what I do is I get, uh, I go to Smart and Final because this is my favorite loaf of bread. It's the garlic sourdough bread. Um, I love sourdough. So delicious. You're just gonna, I wrote the recipe down. I'm gonna read it off. Um, you're, for the bruschetta avocado toast, you're just gonna get the grilled sourdough bread loaf. Uh, you're gonna get a package of the heirloom medley cherry tomatoes. You're going to get some basil, garlic, lemon, balsamic reduction, just because it's a thicker balsamic than a vinaigrette. But if you can't or don't want it, you can do the vinaigrette. Um, an avocado, salt, pepper, and granulated garlic, which is like something that I love in every dish. And that's my mom's fault. Um, so you're going to want to get the heirloom medley cherry tomatoes and you're going to I wouldn't say dice them, but I would, I typically cut them into quarters. I slice them into quarters. Um, I chiffonade the basil, which is just like a thin chop, uh, a thin slice of a uh, herb. Um, and then I mince the garlic and then you're going to combine all of that in a bowl with a half squeeze of lemon juice, um, some balsamic vinaigrette or the reduction, whatever you choose. I usually use about a tablespoon of the balsamic. And then you're going to do salt and pepper to taste and then mix that all around. In a separate bowl, you're going to slightly mash avocado. I like to have it not so mashed like guacamole. I like it a little more um, together still. Um, and then I season that with some granulated garlic and salt and pepper to taste. After that, I'll toast the garlic sourdough slice 
and I'll layer the avocado just like lightly with a spoon. Um, and then I put the bruschetta on top and I garnish with a little more um, basil and literally that's it. Wow. I'm going to need to bring this to the next gathering <laughs> I have. I'm going to have that for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, that this literally sounds delicious. I'm actually it's growing, so I'm growing heirloom tomatoes right now. In my windowsill, I'll have, um, like jars of water and I just keep the basil plant and what else do I have up there? I have mint and rosemary all just right there hanging in my window. So, and you just get to pick them every day. I feel so farm to table. Yes, <laughs> we love farm to table. Well, Alexa, we usually end our show so with some rapid fire questions. Oh, so we're going to ask you three to four questions today, yeah. and you're just going to answer them with whatever you can think of. Yes, first thing there. that comes to mind. Okay. So, favorite seasoning to use, hands down, all the time? Salt. Okay. Sea <laughs> salt or regular salt? Kosher salt. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, favorite go to meal to make? Aguachile. Describe yourself in three words. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, no filter needed, funky girl, <laughs> yeah, bubbly, funny, thick. <laughs> uh, favorite place to get food in Fresno. Damn, why'd you do this to me? I know, <laughs> or during the pandemic, maybe like <laughs> maybe that'll narrow it down. <laughs> you can name a couple. You know what? I, I, I want to, sh- I want to say heirloom, but I feel like I should shout out somewhere smaller. Cause I feel like heirloom has so much traffic already. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, this one's hard. Damn. I want to be quick, but it's so hard. So How about I- old school Fresno, <laughs> new Fresno, new Fresno's heirloom. We're glad that they're here because, you know, it's definitely something different. Farm to table quick. Yeah. yeah. I always go to, okay. So I'm a big hangover eater. Like I'll like go out to eat when I'm hungover. Cause like I'm not in the mood to cook and I probably shouldn't be because I would just be a brat. Uh, <laughs> I usually go to Tacos Tijuana y Mariscos. Um, I also really love Lums. It's this Chinese chop suey place downtown. I've heard of it, but never been. It's a real, in lack of, for lack of better words, it's a real grimy little spot, but I love it. It's so, so good. And then obviously like Chef Paul's, La Elegante is really good. Um, yeah. Oh, Que Pasa, Mexican Cafe. I'm biased because I work there, but their food is everything I've ever had there. Where is that located again? The one on Blackstone and Shaw? No, it's by Fresno State. It's in the Campus Point. It's right next to Maya Cinema. Yes, I've been there. It is really good. I had like drinks there to celebrate after school and we got food and it was really good. Yeah, they have uh, vegetarian options. They have, uh, I don't know too much about vegan. I don't think there's... (laughs) many vegan options but there's vegetarian options pescatarian options uh the food's just the chef there just really knows what he's doing so good anytime I take food for him to taste he's like hmm. <laughs> but I respect um, his opinion like I feel right, like right. yeah he'll tell me the truth he'll be like oh it needs more salt and um 
I don't believe him half the time, but <laughs> you know, maybe it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, any other final questions? Oh, do you want to shout out your Instagram? Yeah. How can people oh. reach you to get yeah. private chef or catering or hear of your pop-ups? Definitely through my Instagram. I will be opening up a business phone number soon here. And once I have that, that'll go up on my Instagram page. But for now, you can reach me on my Instagram at BonapleX, B-O-N-A-P-P-E-L-E-X. And why is it named that? Or what's the symbolism behind that name? Girl, I was literally like ready to launch this food blog slash food diary slash uh, just Instagram of my food. And I was sitting there and I was just like, what, what name can I be? Oh, you can't cook with me. Like I was trying to play off mean girls. You can't sit with us, stuff like that. But then I don't know. It just, it literally just popped in my head, Bon Apple X. And uh, when I had debuted it, everybody was like, that's so clever. I love it so much. But now it's kind of like when I, when people ask to follow my Instagram and I say it, I have to spell it out for them because it's not something that's too common of a thing you hear, but which is fine because I want to be unique. So it's not a big deal, but yeah, it's Bon Apple X. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a twist off of Bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Aww, well, yay. We had so much fun listening about your background and why you became a chef and honestly why you're doing it for fresh. Yeah, now. we didn't even have to like we didn't need to ask you questions. anything. You knew you knew what to give us. We I love talking. Asked, yeah. I no, that talking. was like beautiful. Usually you have questions and people really need them and you are just gifted You're at very talking. natural. We loved it. Yeah. The, the one you stumped me with the restaurant question. <laughs> Good. Oh, we stumped you yeah. once. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alexa. And Thank listeners, so oh, do you have any coming up pop-ups that you can tell? Um, us about? I may be doing the Battle of the Sexes at Moss. They're um doing a like a vendors competition. Basically, they'll be able to vote for their favorite vendor. Um, it's gonna be on May twenty second. I'm waiting to see if I'm gonna be able to get the time off from work. So I may be out there, but if I'm not, you guys should definitely attend anyways. There's going to be a lot of awesome vendors out there. Yes. I'm going to put that on my calendar right now. And our listeners will hear this just in time. So that's perfect. Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, that's all we have today. Thanks so much. Thank you. I had such a good time. Thank you guys so much. All right. Well, there you have it. We have a lovely lady, Chef Alexa, and just so many talents and traits she carries. And so you need to go to her next pop-up or reach out to her on her Instagram. Enjoy your Friday. Maybe attend that event at Moss Fresno. So check it out. There might be a battle of the sexes of all the different food vendors. Maybe go to Gazebo, check it out, or hit up a new restaurant or go to Annex Bonsai. Support local. Yes, aka support <laughs> local put that money back into the community. Well, that's all we got for you now, folks. This is Abigail. And I'm Ruby. And we're Valley, Valley Girls, Girls Taste, Taste and Tell. See you next week. Thanks to those that have supported us and helped contribute to this podcast. Original music by Micah Byers. Score mixing by Jason Suda.